Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solis, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend. She is sure, sure to break many world records in her lifetime, the mixtress DC Gina. Hi, Louise. How are you? I'm good. And you? You know, it's kind of nice. It's, uh, it's just the two of us. So it is just the two of us today. It's kind of a little special uh, ditty today. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of excited. Okay, so here I got something for you. So have you ever heard of Joe Jutras? No. Okay, so he, you're going to be impressed. He has held not one, not two, but three world records. Um, and his records are nothing to sneeze at, unless maybe you have allergies. Um, but they're actually really impressive. In 2006, he grew the world's largest gourd. It was 10 foot, six and a half inch wonder. Whoa. And then, wait, that's not all. In 2007, he produced the world's heaviest pumpkin. It was 1,689 pound beast. But wait, there's more. <laughs> 10 years later, yes, 10 years later, he squashed yet another record. Ar har har, dad joke. <laughs> he squashed yet another record. It was, it's uh, with his 2,118 pound heifer of a green squash. So, all of these these accomplishments actually made him the first person to ever earn the record for both the largest gourd and the heaviest squash. So um, I say we jump right into this episode. We toast good old Joe's achievements and uh, and get this going. What do you think? I think I'm into it, but like we're going to get squashed. And I get it. But <laughs> Louise, where do you find this information? Remember, I um, listen to this podcast called The Designated Drinker Show, and I go to designateddrinker.show and get all these recipes and stay up late at night making cocktails and uh, Googlings. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I like everyone should subscribe. That's what you should be doing right now. It's your first time listening. Because you too can find the information about the world's largest gourds. <laughs> all right. So now with that wonderful introduction... Are you excited? Let's get started. Let's make a little. It's it's his the season for the fall. It right? is the fall season. We're warm it up a little bit. Um. What? So, you know, I being you know, welcome to my bar. You're not. You're not you can't come to my bar right now. I always like to have like some sort of like welcome drink or a punch or a hot cocktail or something to kind of take the chill off of you know the colder weather. Yes. So one of my favorite things to do is either use a really like intensely overproof spirit to warm you up or to use a warm component like, um, you know, hot chocolate. In this case, we're going to actually use warm apple cider and we're going to mix it together. And like, I always think that like we have friends coming over and stuff like that. And they just like, maybe like, especially if you live in a city or you're, you know, someplace rural, it's cold. It's it really is to walk into like someone's house and have something, you know, a little bit steamy and, and delicious. And we're just going to put together a nice welcome drink um, for getting squashed with us. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's get squashed. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to move my camera down and then Louise, you're going to follow along. Right. So I okay, have here we go. just just a teacup. Right. I, I mean, nothing, yep. nothing crazy. Little saucer. I do appreciate a saucer for when you're a little sauce and you spill it. You can drink right out of it, you know. Um, <laughs> So no waste here. So we are going to take um, one and a half ounces of mezcal, which is we use in El Silencio. And 
in this, we're going to and measure this just because when you're doing a hot cocktail, one and a half ounces is a good call because your cup is only about six ounces big. So you don't really want that ratio of like, you know, equal parts booze to whatever you're putting in there. So what we did was we took a little bit of, um, make sure that everyone can see, a little bit of apple cider and we steamed it. Now, if you have apple cider at home, you just put it in a pot on the stove, let it roll. And if you have guests coming over and you're going to serve for more than one person, you can do this in a pot and add the mezcal directly to the pot with the hot apple cider and just ladle it into their glasses upon arrival or party. Oh, that would make the house smell delicious. But let me ask you this, Gina, can I do it cold? You, of course you could do it cold. I mean, cold is preferable. And if you're going to, is for this kind of, you know, you never know with these Indian summers anymore and global warming, right? So it exactly. could be November and it's 75 and you're in the middle of Maine. So what you're going to do, is I'm showing you the hot cocktail and you take this yes. and put the mezcal, the warm apple cider, and then you'll put just, a, um, you know, a cinnamon stick in there and it's kind of just like wafting. It's really beautiful flavor. If we were going to do this cold, um, let me... Let me just put this over there. So it's a little bit different when you're going to do a cold because you're going to do it on ice. So let me grab a jigger and I'm going to shake a set. So we're going to get our shaker set and give me a bar. I need a tall glass. Um, all right. So we're going to do again on this one when you're doing it in a tall glass. Now it's a 12 ounce glass. You're going to do two ounces of the mezcal. Do I like the sound of that? Two ounces. Yeah. And then we're going to add um, four ounces of the apple cider. And then just because it's delicious, we're going to add one half of lime juice. So roughly if you're measuring it at home and you have pre-juiced juice, just about an ounce of lime. I'm actually make gonna, sure it's fresh. Yeah, I'm just going to squeeze it in. And I'm actually going to drop the lime into here. And I'm going to grab some ice. And we're going to shake it. You can get it all over your shirt. I'm going to put that with my, my the shaker sets. They're all like a little bit wobbly. And then we're going to take it and we're going to pour it into our glass. Now, does it get any simpler than this? Two ounces, four ounces, no extra sugar, uh, a little bit of lime juice, and then we're just going to add a lime wheel to it for a little summer sipper. This is one of my favorite cocktails, to be honest. And um, for everyone who's listening, I actually said, Gina, let's make that cocktail. Um, and this is, if you come to my home, I often serve this cocktail. And then, boom, and that is that. I'm going to get fancy on you, Gina. I'm you feeling are. a little fancy today. What are you going to do? I'm going to garnish it with that lime that you mentioned, but I'm going to add a little um, apple mm. and I'm going to put a little star anise on top. What do you think? Fun. Oh, look how cute yours I like is. It. I like it. Well, you're going to front it. I'm going to front mine. I mean, if we're doing, if we're going fronty, I'm all about it. Well, I can I'm never out front you. Okay. <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is kind of, there we go. Cheers. Let me hold it Cheers. up. Cheers. Get a little, Louise, someone's teaching you how to make great cocktails. It's real pretty. 
So Thank you. There. Little, See, I too can be taught. Even this monkey. <laughs> um, I love oh, it's it. So good. Smoky apple delish. It is delish. This is so good. Um, one of my like such an easy drink, right? So serve it hot, serve it, uh, you know, cold. However, you're happy, you know, doing is like really what we can do, and it's like it's kind of great. So, uh, give us the update. How's it going at uh, Buffalo Morgan? So Buffalo Morgan's doing okay. You know, we're we're surviving COVID. It's the fall of COVID, so we will. I feel like it's not even 2020 anymore. It's just the COVID years, and or it has. <laughs> <laughs> now you just refer to things like that and that's what you do so we are you know we fully adapted to our pickup lifestyle and uh cocktails to go and you know cocktail kits to pick up if you're having um, a party or a zoom or you know whatever 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 floats your boat these days i feel like there is nothing there's nothing out of the ordinary anymore in this world. So I just kind of just go with it. And I was like, I think everything is out of the ordinary and that's yeah. what it is. There's just no guidelines anymore. Yeah, Zero. Kind of kind of like this show. <laughs> lines, right. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like either you adapt or you don't, you know, and there's well, nothing wrong with yeah. like hibernating, but I feel like you have to just adapt to your world, get social again from a distance with a mask. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it's really important right now um, that we remind people to uh, pay attention to what's going on in the world. Make sure your voice is heard. Um, yes, we're right. We're in the political season, but make sure that you vote on every level. Vote. Vote. Yes. Vote, vote. No change. Absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. So how are the girls doing with their uh, schooling? How's that going? pretty good i mean like that's crazy so if you're a parent out there i tell you kudos to you because i have two little girls one is five and one is six and i feel like this is insanity and i didn't realize how hard it possibly could be to teach somebody how to read and i give it to all the teachers that are (laughs) everywhere um that your patience is remarkable because i love my children i love (laughs) everything i am but I cannot wait for them to go back to school. <laughs> I am so excited. And if you told me I had to get them a gas mask from the 1941 via <laughs> London, World War II, I 100% I will buy it. I, am, I, am, I will put my children in a bubble. <laughs> I just feel like they're missing. They're missing so much. And, and, and it is so, it's totally true. You know, when like your mother would tell you, don't, you know, don't put your, I don't know, don't put a penny in a light socket. And you'd be like, oh depending on the light socket and you yeah. get a little bit electrocuted and you're and like, you're just like, you just couldn't help yourself because you think your mother doesn't know what they're talking about. That's how it really is. And I feel bad. And I say, I'm sorry to my mother every day. <laughs> I've challenged my mother the entire way of my life. And she was just trying to look out for me. And instead I made her life crazy. And I apologize for that. So wherever she is and, Man, that karma is a bitch. It is. I am paying for that karma right now as we speak. Anyway, let's talk about something more fun. Let's talk about squashes. All right. So, you know, everybody's been cooking more, right? Everyone's been going to their, and like really exploring more local environments to buy food and, you know, not so much going to like traditional grocery stores. You know, you're looking at your farmer's market or, 
you're taking a drive now on Sundays and you're like going out to the countryside or a little bit out of big cities where they have like little stands and stuff, or, you know, you're driving down to a beach and like you pass by different farms or whatever. And you're starting to see all these different things where you're taking your kids pumpkin picking, whatever it is. All of that can be used in your cocktail. So when you're buying these cute little pumpkin pie pumpkins for your kids and they're doing all their cute little decorations on it, you're actually holding the key to your next cocktail. Much like a dog. I know. I love these. So these are called real, real squash education. These are called um, pumpkin pie pumpkins. They're the sweetest per pound pumpkin that you can get. Now, all all, all all pumpkins are squash, but not all squash are pumpkins, right? But do you, yep. So and do you also know that they are cousins to a melon? Of course. Well, yes, I, yes, I did know that. And then where do they cousins, and where do they all start from for the million dollar question? Every melon and everything in the, and all of it all started with one veg, one tubular vegetable. Really? Cucumbers. Really? Well, oh, huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. People say what came first, a squash or a cucumber, cucumber. Well, there you go. Yeah. And do you, it's one of the and winter, sorry. No, I was going to say, and, the, uh, and winter and summer squash, the only difference between those two is that winter squash can actually withstand, like they, they named them that because you could have them through the winter. The, they'll last for months and months and months and stay good. And that was the whole thing. Winter squash can survive longer durations of time. Right, except you have to pull them in. So if you are growing squash at home and you're listening to this, if you cannot withstand a frost, this will freeze and then become squishy. So you've got to pull Ooh. them in. You can put them in a root cellar or your refrigerator or someplace cool in your house for the whole winter as long as they don't freeze. So, ready? American yep. pumpkin pie squash. Kabochka, which is a Japanese pumpkin. So, same thing, two different years. Huh. Different uh, continents, excuse me, not years. <laughs> uh, what I love about this one is, is that as sweet as this is, this gives you very little flesh. We're going to cut, we're gonna cut into these. Um, this gives you not as much flesh as the other pumpkin, but the delicious. Japanese pumpkin does yeah. not. And for some reason, this has a smoky flavor to it, which makes absolutely any, no sense. So when you <laughs> use this, you get this really intense like um, barbecue sense, like you like you cooked it and you did not cook it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. One of my other favorites is everyone knows what an acorn squash is. You know, if you've ever been to a grocery store, you've seen green versions of this. If you see what this is, this is a, a white acorn squash. Cute. And this squash is particularly cool because again, this works really well in cocktails. So you ask, well, that sounds pretty disgusting. How can you make this taste good, right? I have no doubt in you, Gina. I mean, it is one of those things. We're going to process it. What did you, what squash did you get? So when you talked about where you get your vegetables, especially, you know, going to different places and going to uh, like farmer's markets. Well, I signed up for one of those at-home deliveries. It's called, uh, and it's the Unperfect Fruit um, and Vegetables, which I have not seen anything that was, I mean, everything is, it's all organic. It's all seasonal. Um, and I haven't seen anything other than I had some rather phallic shaped um, uh, uh <laughs> butternut squash come that where it was it was very impressive um and i couldn't help but laugh at it um but we ate it <laughs> and then, Instagram for that things the shapes everything looks like a penis it did, did definitely look like a penis oh there we go so 
Perfect. You have a regular acorn squash. Yeah. Yep. So now you can see them. Like if you're watching this and you can see this on the other side, you can see the difference, right? A little bit yep. thinner, white, not as thick. And then we're going to cut into all of these and we can look at these, examine these a little bit further. Cool. So you can see the flesh difference. And also um, how that one's a little bit harder to cut in. So the outside is very, very bitter where the outside of this one is not. So if you fully roast this, you can eat the skin. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you also yeah. know that um, uh, Narragansett, it all, the, they credit the squash also to the Narragansett Indian tribe. They were the ones who were harvesting and taught uh, pilgrims how to eat them. And it actually squash, um, it um, translates, it's a, I can't remember the Indian word now, but it translates to eat raw or cooked. Look, squash great. facts. I mean, okay, so that's a really to you. cool, I mean, clearly I'll be lifting that and be like, that's, that's what, um, I came up with that. That's what I'm going to say. All right. So let's go through cutting pumpkin, squash, whatever, 101. Okay. Okay. Uh, these knives, this size knife is not technically the knife you should use. Use it to carve <laughs> a pumpkin, make a cute shape, do ornamental design. You do not want to cut into a squash doing that, right? You want to make sure that you have a much bigger knife, generally bigger than the squash, because you need a little bit of weight to get through safely. Um, one thing I'm going to do, just because I don't have that, hold on one second. You want to put something underneath your cutting board before you do it so the cutting board doesn't slip and you don't wind up getting stitches because you cut the pumpkin. As bitches uh, get stitches. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put just a little wet paper towel underneath my uh, cutting board and I'll stop it from sliding, as you can see. Um, so what we're going to do is, let's, let's do the kibosko because it's really pretty. You're going to take it, you're going to go on the top, and I'm doing this on bar heights. So this is a little bit difficult for me, so just bear with me. And when you get to this point, if it's really, really tough, you can just give it a hit, and you can get it in, and like then you can come down. I am, sorry, I'm not counter height, so it needs to work on this a little bit. Normally, I'd be above it if you're on a counter and not on a bar top, and it'll go through much, much easier than that. So you're going to cut it open, right? Now, oh, how pretty. You see in here, you know, you're like, you're looking at this and you're like, mm, you have these big giant seeds and it's just a little flush. This flush in here is much like an avocado. It is, um, it's a little bit firmer than an avocado, but it was unripe. But you can actually smell how sweet this is. So it has like this really beautiful flavor. And when you actually juice it, you can see how it's beating up already. This has an insane amount of water volume. So what we did was we actually took this and we juiced them and we just made the fresh juice and we're going to work with that. If you do not have a juicer, a fresh juice extractor at home, um, really simply what you would do is cut this into fours and I'll cut it again. Just cut it in four. And now once you cut it once, it's no big deal. So you cut it again. Yep. You're just going to roast it. Everything in it, seeds and all, leave them in. Roast this off. And then whatever, when it, whatever is left, you're going to take it and put it through um, a strainer. And you'll be left with the residual of juice. You're, will you get the same yield? No, you'll get a little bit less of a yield because you're roasting it. And you're going to, you know, dry it out. But I will make sure that you get a recipe for roasting this as well and what the variation needs to be. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So now let's, I'm going to keep one of these for comparison. Let's get into what we know as our traditional pumpkin. We're gonna do it again. 
Excuse Keep my- your fingers. I know, but it really works when you just tap it. Okay. Now, do you want to see what the difference? Now you can totally see the difference. So, so for our listeners, this, yeah, there's, it's what would you say like 80% seeds? Or guts uh, that you would pull out I would the, say the jump into that ratio, like maybe like yeah, 70, 30, and then this one, um, Japanese. like 40, 45% more flush. But the one thing about this one is that all of these seeds, all of this stuff in here is good stuff. Right? So you want to clean it and keep the guts. The oh, guts I always deep. throw the guts out. Best part. So you have, you have all of this. It's like super, super sweet. I'm just kind of running my finger with it. You can see. Yep. Um, it's just like the sweetest part. When you do that, it's like pumpkin has a very um, bizarre odor, right? Well, that pumpkin smell is basically telling you how much starch it has in there versus sugar. Oh, right? interesting. So it's really a smell of starch. And when you smell this one, the, the Japanese one, Japanese one is super sweet. So a fun, you know, might be fun for you to buy both of these kind of things and put it together so you understand the difference of what a traditional pumpkin for pumpkin pie is versus the Japanese squash, the kabocha, and, and the difference in the sweet smell of each one. That's interesting because to be honest, I've never really, uh, I, I make pumpkin pie every year, but I um, always buy puree. Um, so I, I never start from scratch. So I really don't have much experience cooking with squash other than, you know, butternut squash. And, um, but to compare a pumpkin to pumpkin, that's not anything I've ever done. It's super healthy for you. I true. I totally think it's like one of the best forms of fiber. Now, do you see? Yeah, and it, okay, sorry. It's high in vitamin A and C. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, they're really just good for you. You know, like it's nice to have a variety in your diet, but like seriously, this time of year, you get so many good things. All right. So now we're going to do the white, um, egg corn squash, right? Yep. So we're going to take this and you see how easy the knife is going in there. I don't have to press down or do anything. Yeah. I'll open up, I'll open up this more traditional one as well. So remember we were talking about like melon family and melon and the cucumbers and stuff. I mean, how much yep. more reminiscent do you have to get? So yeah, exactly. Yep. So when you smell this, the smell of this is a little bit um, almost piney. Really bizarre. Here, cut yours open. I did. It is different. Yeah. It's very, um, I, I don't know how to describe that smell, to be honest. It's, 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 it's considered like a, almost like a, um, a vegetal, but leaning towards more towards the pine. But what's really cool about it smells a little nutty. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, you see this though, what's really cool about this is that this is sweating more than any of the other ones because the water content, you can almost squeeze it. I don't know if you can see that. I'm squeezing it. Literally the water is just coming out. So what I always suggest is find a couple of different squash that you like. Juice the squash all together. Now, can you drink the pumpkin juice straight? Yes. If you want to go to the bathroom in 14 seconds. <laughs> I was going to say, that seems like a you'd be spending the rest of the day at home and probably yeah. by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. We're going to process this and cook it. Okay. Okay. So, th- what I have in this glass is about the equivalent, it's about uh, nine ounces. And that is the pumpkin juice. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm going to grab a pot here. Yeah. And I have mine. I juiced mine, but I juiced the, um, it's all similar in color. I juiced um, the butternut squash though. Perfect. So I'm trying to like, so, so you could see it. Let me see. Um, That's okay. That's fine, right? Yep. All right. So we're going to put it in there. So 
if you have 10 ounces of, uh, sorry, 16 ounces of juice, I do. Right, you're going to dump it in. And then you're going to add eight ounces of sugar, white sugar, not brown sugar, or you want, you can use an all natural um, refined sugar. Don't use brown sugar in making this. It makes it turn this caramelly black color and it's not as beautiful as you really want it to be. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you added the sugar in there. So basically you added 16 ounces of juice and you added half the amount of sugar. You have to remember these starches, once you cook them, are going to convert to sugar. So okay. it's going to be very sweet, very quickly, right? Yep. Then you're going to add a little bit of kosher salt. And I should have actually started with this first. Sorry, I'm gonna set this aside. And we're gonna and we're going to add in there one cinnamon stick. Okay. And I prefer the Mexican cinnamon, uh, like the canale cinnamon. Um, I only have the hard cinnamon right now. So when I use the hard cinnamon, I get two, I put two in. If I have more of the loose bark, like the canale cinnamon from Mexico, I like to put in uh, just one. Okay. So it's a little bit softer. Then we're gonna add green cardamom. Green cardamom is one of my absolute favorite uh, spices, especially this time of year. It's just really beautiful. If you don't have green cardamom, you can use cardamom, um, powdered cardamom. Okay. So we're going to put in here um, about seven, eight seeds. If you're using powdered cardamom, you'd only use like one eighth of a teaspoon or less. Maybe yeah, a lot goes, a little goes a lot, a long way. <laughs> yeah, but not when you're using the hard stuff. I really recommend buying the hard because you'll use this more and it really flavors stuff like curries, chilies, different kinds of like stews, stewed meat, pot roast, um, stewed vegetables. It's really, it's really lovely. Uh, especially cardamom and garlic together. Insanely good. Um, all right. Anyway, I'm like, mm, I don't think I want dinner. Uh, all right. So <laughs> I know if you thought it worked all day, I'm like, mm, dinner sounds really good right now. All right. So now we're going to take a vanilla bean. Now, you can use in this recipe I'm giving you um, like a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract or one whole vanilla bean. Uh, pick one. Okay. So I'll tell you about these. My, a friend of mine um, made these for me and she makes them for gifts all the time. And she, you can see the vanilla bean inside the bottle and she makes them from different um, spirits. And these, this one is um, a white rum and this one is a, uh, a bourbon. And so she used, and she, I have amaretto. I, she makes them with all different kinds and she gave me a whole set of them. They're really nice. And then you can just uh, continue to use them by adding more spirit, right? You know? Yeah, that's actually really cool. I mean, I didn't realize that's how she does it. I love it. How, uh, much, how much did you say if we're using uh, extract? Well, the extract that you're using is not exactly what I, I didn't know. So I, for you, I'd probably use a tablespoon. Okay. Um, if you're at home and you're using uh, over-the-counter vanilla extract, which is a six-grade essential oil, I would use half a teaspoon. If you are inclined to buy a vanilla bean, I realize that there are gasping in price when you go to the store, but they are, they go a little bit a really long way. Um, you split them and you, know, you can see it in here. It is really beautiful seeds. All of, every one of these is a seed, right? They're a little amazing, right? Yep. So you take this and you split it down the center. And this is when you do use an actual, really a small knife. And with the back knife. of your knife, the back of your neck, not the um, sharp side or the serrated side or whatever side it is, you take your finger and you put it here and you scrape your vanilla bean. Oh, and interesting. I never knew you used the back side of the knife. 
Yeah. And look what you got. See that beautiful vanilla paste on there? Yes. So beautiful. It looks like I'm making a um, hash. We're going to smoke it. But <laughs> I mean, it could be fun, right? All right. So this is, if you're using vanilla bean, this is roughly half a teaspoon of fresh vanilla uh, bean paste, right? Because that's all it is. And that's why that paste is so expensive in the store. Now you know. So we're going to take this paste and we're going to drop it in. Now I'm going to give you the secret to how do I use my vanilla twice? So you put the bean, the paste in here. Let me make sure you can see. Putting the paste in here. And I'm just going to take this out really quick and rub it on there. We're going to put it in. And I'm going to drop my $20 worth of goo <laughs> paste, right? And put it in there. And if you can see, it's already starting to move around in there and do its thing. Now you have the husk up and you're like, mm, what am I going to do with it? I just paid $20 for something crazy. You are going to take your sugar, any sugar, and you're going to take the vanilla husk and you're going to throw it in there. You're going to bury it. And in about a week or so, you're going to come back to it and you're going to have beautiful vanilla sugar. So oh, when you're nice. making, you know, anything, you know, you add a little hint of vanilla aromatics to it, any kind of baked. Uh, cakes, your coffee, whatever, coffee, whatever you want. And now yeah. it's in there and it's really pretty. And you can see it's already, it's giving more. Um, can you see that? Yeah. It's starting to give more of the pods that you can't get with the knife. And it's kind of really cool. I see a little, the little black dots. I don't know how much you can say, but it's in there. So put a lid on it, leave it, set it hey, in. I don't know. Put what? a lid on it, would you? <laughs> and you leave it and. Seriously, the fact that they left this alone for an episode is terrifying. Okay, <laughs> now let's talk about cooking this bad boy. Okay. Well, it's also because we have no producer who's going to stop us because we're recording alone. I mean, we have one. He just can't reach us. <laughs> oh, we're going rogue. All right, so 16 ounces of pumpkin juice, 8 ounces of um, granulated sugar, right? Now you have that all in here. We're going to stir this up. And you have this, this little paste going on the bottom. This is completely up to you. At this point, you can add eight ounces of water, eight ounces of bourbon, eight ounces of rum, eight ounces of whatever you want to make a pumpkin um, squash concentrate. I hey, hold the like show. That. Hold the show. Why would you use a bourbon or any other spirit in lieu of water? I've never. We've never done that before. Why? Um, it just kind of brings out a different flavor. You can do whatever you want. We, I am going to make mine with water. Because I want to use this for kids. If yeah. you are going to use it something else in there, children or younger younger teens will not appreciate the flavor <laughs> other than cocktail. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because once you make the syrup, you can make like pumpkin sodas, uh, you know, pumpkin syrup for your coffee. You could add bacon to it on your eggs. I mean, you can do a million things. It's really how far do you want to go with the gourd? I feel like there's a gourd joke in there, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I was just going to say, hold on. What you do with your gourd in your private time is what is completely up to you. I love it. All right. So you're going to take this, put this on your stove over a medium high heat. That means that if you have a number on your knob, your knob number is between six and seven. So you're going to put it over a medium high heat. You are going to let it simmer. It's going to come to a little bit of a boil. You are going to reduce the heat to a number four or a low for another like mm, five to six minutes. You're going to turn it off and leave it on your stove. And the reason why you're going to leave it there is because you're going to want it to come down in temperature to room temperature before you strain it. 
Now, the reason why you strain it, right? You have this beautiful syrup. You're going to get a fine mesh strainer. If you don't have a fine mesh strainer, go out and buy, before you make this, one of these little cocktail strainers, fine mesh. They are literally... <laughs> like a buck fifty. Yeah, no, they're like no, a, a buck like fifty. They can, they, you can even wear them as a little hat if you want. Like a sh- like as a chapeau. Yeah. Okay. Um, or a um, fascinator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's if you had a little thing. Anyway, <laughs> I just thought of something more disgusting. With it. Anyway, so you're gonna pass your uh, liquid through there, and what is going to be left after it has boiled, simmered, stopped, cooled on your stove? You are left with syrup and not much. Now, when you ask why those pumpkin uh, cocktails are so expensive at like the restaurant or, you know, why a pumpkin coffee costs $2 more at Starbucks than it does anything else that they have is because of that reason. Okay. Deal. Wow. Deal. So it's going to turn that color. Um, If you overcook it, it will. So (laughs) a little overcooked, it will. And uh, yes, it's going to oxidize. It will turn brown. Oh, well, this is just so we know, just so our listeners know, when when you get to the end, you didn't do anything wrong if it's no longer orange, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, could it remain a light color orange? Yes. You could get it there and keep it a little bit, a little bit lighter than this. This, this here, the sugar in here was a little bit darker and it like caramelized. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with being a little darker and caramelized. <laughs> Says Louise oh my Solace. God, Louise, I'm totally <laughs> into this. All right. So now, Louise, where are you at? Let me see your pot. I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not boiling yet. But it may be that what we do is we just go ahead and make the cocktail on your side, and I'll just make another one of these, and I'll and. Do you have a spotlight on you? Because you look damn good right now. Um, I may know somebody who has lighting that, yes, I um, do. Um, you really look extremely fresh. My face looks extremely red. No, you look beautiful. Oh, that's because I was doing shots. Well, let's do one of those. Let's do a mezcal shot just because, you know, this week ends in a while. Have you had this yet, Gina? Brexo? Today. What? No. Have you had Brexo? So we, so, you know, Dave and I are often in Mexico. Go back to the motherland. Yeah. And I actually, yeah, I think it's a motherland. Um, and so I, I know that you can find, I think you can find this in certain part in certain markets within the United States now, but when I, my, my tip is when you go, yeah. when you travel, pick up bottles that you can't get anywhere. So when, when we were in Mexico, we always, um, look for, um, spirits that you can't buy while you're here in the U S you can bring back three bottles in your suitcase. I suggest packing them well, <laughs> Make sure you pack them in your suitcase. Customs will take them. Mexico will not. As soon as you're happy to have you take their spirits out of the country. Um, but when you get to America, when you get to the American customs, if they're not inside your checked baggage, the custom guys are going to have a really great time that night on your dime. So make sure you pack them there. But yeah, we always go and we find a small batch um, spirits wherever we go. And this happens to be um, an artismal um, mezcal that you can't get in, can't get in the U.S. So it makes for really nice gifts. And really nice drinking. I like it. I mean, I'm just having, I'm having El Salento. You can get in the United States. Yes. And uh, it is very delicious. It is very delicious. It says hashtag share under silence. Or share the silence. I'm an idiot. I don't know. Sorry. But look at my kid. And from the motherland. Uh, that's a lot of things. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. 
Ooh. Oh, you know what we should do is we need to cheers. Uh, we should have cheers um, Joe and his giant gourds. <laughs> like our copa. <laughs> so can you, have you ever um, done, uh, served a cocktail in a pot? Not until right now, Louise. I just thought about it. I thought, how much fun would that be? Because I know we've done them in, I know we put cocktails in your melons. Let's do it right now. So you were going to turn this into a cocktail while you're making syrup. We're going to make, we're going to make a pumpkin glass, which is ridiculously awesome and a very bad idea. Um, Let's talk about using pumpkins or melons or any of that stuff when you want to put a cocktail on them 100%. I'm going to do this for the sake of doing it, but you should take this, hollow it out and put it in your freezer. Because it do you will do the same the- thing? Do you do the same thing with melons too? Then, yeah, um, not watermelon, but some melons. Now, the reason why I'm going to tell you this is because the starch in here is insane. So, something that might be even more fun to do is I might just do it because it works. Maybe we'll bury a, a glass in here because we're not. I don't want to put my drink in there because it's not really ready. But if you were going to do this, you can hollow out a small pumpkin and clean out all the seeds and then use this as a vessel for two for a cocktail. However, because I don't have time to do all that because we just came up with this idea. I'm going to to bury a glass in there. I've actually once served um, a... um, sweet potato um dish inside a pumpkin for for thanksgiving that was my vessel but you had to clean the pumpkin really good oh yes i cleaned it quite well and then but i more or less just used the the pumpkin itself as the serving vessel if you're going to shove a glass inside a pumpkin be really careful <laughs> yeah. yeah how often in your lifetime do you get to say that if you're going to shove a pumpkin a glass in your pumpkin <laughs> I mean, I was going to say something about ass and pumpkin and shoving, and I was like, that is crazy. That is don't just totally ass, off the rails. Don't say ass, pumpkin, and shoving in the same sentence. It's <laughs> All right. So I just broke every holiday uh, rule slash seasonal friend kind of thing, right? Yep. All right. Okay, so I'm going to dump this in there. I'm going to get a little bit of pumpkin on my shirt. Super fun. Doing everything to make a humongous mess. Look, Louise, well, it's pumpkins. Pumpkins. Oh, <laughs> man. So I had to do it. But you were doing dad jokes. I'm doing pumpkin jokes. All right. So let's see if we can do this. season. Oh, oh, oh. oh, how cute is that? That's not cool. Oh, now it's stuck. What is happening? All right, Louise. I can't give you any more than that. I made a pumpkin koozie. I, that's all I can give you. <laughs> All right, maybe well, you know, and and, and if you if you made it cold, say where it's this warm area, let's say where I'm still in Hawaii, I could do that and make that my pumpkin koozie and keep my drink cold while we're outside on the lanai. I mean, I think we did something. I'm not really sure, but I love it. A I'm a pumpkin koozie. koozie. I mean, I feel like if we're in Hawaii, we should go coconut all the way. Um, <laughs> all right. I must be out of my goddamn mind. Okay, I'm, oh, I'm done. I said it. I said it. <laughs> okay, so my uh, my my. I'm trying to wiggle it. Oil. Great. So let's see it. Let's see. Yep. 
That's really pretty. Yours stays nice and orange. If you're using the white sugar, it's so much better than using the dark sugar. And that's the difference, right? So you saw what it looked like when the one that we made ahead of time, which was using dark sugar and what it does. Now using white sugar will keep the color much brighter. The longer you cook it, the longer it'll caramelize. If you add maple syrup or anything else to it, of course. If you use um, vanilla extract that has brown pigment in it, that's also going to add to the color change. So if you don't get a bright orange color like Louise and you don't get a dark, dark color like mine, it's okay. As long as it tastes good, you made it right. Great. Now, if it tastes terrible, please throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame us. <laughs> All right. I think I've jammed it in better. What do you think? I think it looks great. All right. So this final cocktail, this squash, well, getting squashed. Right. So I mean, personally, for me, you know, it's an old fashioned, but for somebody else, it could be an up cocktail. This could be something with a little bit of lemon juice, orange, whatever. But I'm going to make mine as an old fashioned, and you can use uh, scotch. Why? Well, I mean, what are you going to use? Louise? What do you got over there? Well, I'm just going to follow you. So you tell me. I'm feeling a little dancey today. So I'm feeling that bourbon might be where I want to go. Okay. Do okay. it. Yep. So I'm going to take my uh, mixing glass. And I forgot what I'm doing. So that's good. All right. No, I'm going to take my mixing glass. And I should not be left alone in my own bar because I clearly don't know anything. Please don't use that against me. And I'm going to open. I need to get I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh, what about apple brandy? What do you have at home? I need to know what you have at home. Oh, Gina, you're making this one alone. You're making this one alone because my uh, my syrup's going to be hot as hell. Oh, right. I'm making this one alone. Let's try it again. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. You know what? I said bourbon. I lied. Let's continue on our mezcal train and let's make a mezcal pumpkin old fashioned. Sounds amazing. Deal? Deal. I shouldn't be left in the <laughs> <laughs> I clearly can't control myself. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Um, so, there we go. So I got the Illegal Mezcal, which I really, really adore. And uh, this is the Reposado, delicious. And we're gonna do a Mezcal Old Fashioned. Now, everybody knows that my Old Fashioned counts are two and a quarter ounces. Because um, the quarter is for good luck. Good luck, I hope you make it. And... <laughs> Because you're using um, mezcal, I normally say about a half an ounce of simple of the syrup, but in this case, because you're using a mezcal, I'm gonna go with three quarters of an ounce. Is and, that to balance the smoke? Uh, it's just kind of like, uh, I, I don't know. I think the mezcal and pumpkin is a little starchy together, but like it just kind of is a better, the better ratio. So two and a quarter, to, to three to quarter, to um, 0.75. Then we're gonna take one, two, three, four, five, six. Now six um, dashes of Angostura. This is an Angostura and orange bitter blend that we, we do together. We call it Angostura in our restaurant, but it's both. We, we do 50-50 in here. I love nice. these bitters that I like to use together and put it um, in the same container. We're gonna take a little bit of ice. And we're going to drop that in. And you're going to fill it almost full, like three quarters of the way. And, oh, we have this. I forgot we made the fancy cup. I'm like, where's the cup go? <laughs> uh, we're going to take the fancy cup. We're going to put ice in there. We're going to pour it over fresh ice. And again, rule of thumb. 
if your house not during the winter months is at 73 degrees because you are crazy, um, you need to show this about 45 to 60 rotations. If you live in the real world and your house is a comfortable 60 something degrees, then you're serving this 30 to 45 rotations max. Gotcha. If you live in Miami Beach and it's Thanksgiving, you are staring this for a very long time because your weather is amazing. <laughs> so, there you go, right? You got to take the good, the bad, and the stirring all together to be the proper cocktail. So, we're still stirring. Because it's a little warm here today. I don't know. All right. So, now you've stirred your cocktail properly. You have jammed a glass into a gourd. You have filled it with ice. You are now going to take it and pour this over the top. How cool. Right. And, of course... Mezcal or not mezcal, whatever you need to do a little, a little work on a medallion of orange. And when you have a big giant knife, um, apparently you make really good rounds. And you're gonna <laughs> your coin and you're gonna squeeze across the top and you're gonna go once around and you'll drop it in and there you have it. Voila. You have your, uh, <laughs> this is this is a maniac thing. We, I gotta see this together, watch this. And you Let's have it. You you I wanna see you drink it. <laughs> I would think that maybe a spoon or a straw is uh, a good idea. That's so good. <laughs> I think putting the glass in here is actually the right move because you have a little bit of a lip to drink off of. There you go. There you go. Oh, you know what? Let's do a little carrot on just for just for gun for for giggle. And a little we're like a prawn. We're back to we're back to another prawn. And we'll just stick it in. Yep. Stick it in here so it looks a little pumpkin toppy. I don't know. So cute. That's so cute. <laughs> I love it. And there we go. Nice. So what do you think nice of that? Leader. I think it's really cute. I think it's really good. Like, so the, the carrot fonds there, are they spicy? Do they add any scent or any um, other than I love pretty? What? Yeah, they taste like carrots. Um, here's my favorite thing to do with them. Honestly, I use them in soup and then I make them in tea. So it gives like a little bit of like a sweetness to um, tea. You just have hot water. Your favorite tea, don't put carrot fonts in mint tea. Works really good with like a black tea. You stick it in there, switch it around and just get a really nice um, flavor. Nice. nice. Yeah, do you ever use them in salad? They're good, especially when they're this green. Just cut them up, throw them in your salad instead of using the, um, the actual carrots. But I, these are purple carrots that we got. So. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, I just got I just got carrots in my uh, my uh, my vegetable box, and you know what I did with those greens? I cut them off and I put them in the freezer because I I didn't know what else to do with them, and I put them in my stock. Oh, vegetable yeah. stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely that's super awesome. You can make um, you know, fake vegetarian meatballs using the carrot bonds and all that stuff, and then like mash chickpeas and and carrots together. It's really good. Interesting. I mean, right, Gina, a lot of good stuff. I think we've had a lot of uh, squash talk today. I think I went over the edge a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and you don't know what getting squash means, then I'm going to tell you. Well, if you do all the drinks that we've done today, you'll understand when you get to the end. <laughs> that is true. So, so we're gonna do we're gonna do our housekeeping. No, no, wait, what, what did you want to call? Oh, you got a question. Go yeah. ahead. What do you, well, if you uh -oh. can identify yourself with any spirit ingredient? What would you be in? Well, today I'm definitely going to be, um, I'm going to be an acorn squash. Why? 
because it's a smells a little nutty. <laughs> it's it's really full of it. It's high in fiber. <laughs> you weren't ready for me to ask the question I asked our guests. Nope, I didn't know you were going to ask me today. Love it. <laughs> but we're still going to do our housekeeping. Or what did you want to? What was the new one? Were you wanted to call it now? Not no, housekeeping. I don't think we should call it housekeeping anymore. I think we should call it barkeeping because we do everything behind a bar. Okay, let's do it. So let's do our barkeeping. Where are they going to go to get this cocktail recipes? They're going to go to designated drinker show. Wait, where? To designated drinker show. Yep, and so look at all that. Exactly. But the other thing we're also going to do is we're going to ask all of our listeners to please make sure you subscribe, download it, and review the show. Your review actually changes um, the rankings of the show. So we grow when you help us. So if you love Gina, which who doesn't, um, you're going to review the show. And it's just going to be all positive. Yeah. So. All right. All right. I think that's a wrap. See you in a squash or a gourd or a. Another I fall think, vegetable. I think, I think I'm trying to think of something clever to say. I don't know. Yeah, I've got no more dad jokes. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.